0: If you have your Bibles tonight, would you open them, please, to the book of the prophet Daniel. The book of the prophet Daniel, chapter 3, please. We won't be long tonight, just as long as we need to be. When you're there, say amen. 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 Good to see you tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits. or the number 60. Every cubit was, or three score, a score was considered 20 cubits. Three score, therefore, would be three times 20, or 60. It's an important number as we go on into the story here. 60 cubits, or 60 was its height. Three score cubits, and the breadth thereof is six cubits, and he set it up in the plains of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather the princes, the governors, the captains, and the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, and the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces, to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up." I'd like to preach for a few moments tonight. A trial by fire. A trial by fire. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity of being gathered together as your church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the honor of standing in front of your people who were bought and paid for by the precious blood of our Savior Jesus. I come as your servant, O Lord, set apart from my mother's womb to to proclaim thy word. And I ask tonight for the anointing of the prophet. I ask, O Father, that you would lift us all as you did Ezekiel, between the heavens and the earth, that we might behold visions of God. I pray that not one person would leave this place or those that are listening around the world by the internet unchanged but challenged and brought to the reality, O Father, of where we are at this time in the evolution of human history. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory for you alone, O God, our God. There are no God but thee. There is no Savior but Jesus. There is no Spirit but thy Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the thanks that Jesus is Lord. And the enemy is absolutely 100% unequivocally Unadulteratedly defeated by the power of Almighty God and the blood of the Lamb. And we give you glory and honor and praise, and all God's people said, amen. amen and Amen. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. They came to the Red Sea where God would deliver them by a mighty hand. And if you know the Exodus story, the Bible says that they came to the sea and had no way to cross. Moses would tell the people to be still. Hallelujah. And see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to be still. Amen. He would bring them to the brink. And the people would begin to cry out in absolute horror. As they realized that Pharaoh and his army was pursuing them. They had left Egypt. They had rejoiced that they were finally let free after 430 years of slavery. But they came to the edge of the Red Sea. And as we have just talked about. Moses would say. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that Moses took his staff. Held it out over the Red Sea. And God caused a great east wind to come. And literally throughout the night. Blew the ocean away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You believe that yes I believe that hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah I heard a scholar one time say well he really didn't part the Red Sea it was actually uh, the Reed Sea which is only six inches of water and that's where they crossed and I heard an old timer say well that's that's even a greater miracle Because how did he drown the entire Egyptian army in six inches of water? Hallelujah. (laughs) My Lord. That's even a greater miracle. (laughs) But we know the story that they would fail in the wilderness. They would fail to enter into the promised land and 40 years would pass. They would experience divine provision. They would experience... uh, uh, a divine health, if you will, uh, all their needs were met, they, their, their, their maintenance needs, if you will, they, they had food and clothing, but they could not cross over, for, they, for, for when Moses had climbed up into Mount Sinai, we're told that they rose up and began to, to desire a, a, a golden image to be made for them. And while Moses was on the mountain seeking God and receiving the greatest revelation of all of human history uh, other than the New Testament and Jesus Christ himself, the Ten Commandments, they came to Aaron and they they demanded that that he make them a god. And so he took their earrings and the gold that they had and he, he cast it into the fire and molded a golden calf. And they began to raise up and to play before it and to become drunk and to engage in wicked and horrible things. While God in the distance could be seen on the mountain. And God would speak to Moses and he'd say, You better get down there. <laughs> Why? Because those people are really messed up. <laughs> that's not the King James, but that's kind of what he told Moses. You know, He said, they have already begun to turn aside. And when Moses came down, he, he saw them at play. And the Bible tells us that he would break those commandments that God had written by his own hand. A symbol of how they had already broken his law even before they got started. So they would fail and they would not be allowed to go into the promised land. And and yet God would leave a promise to another generation. He would tell them, you shall not go in, but your children will. With the exception of Joshua and Caleb You will die in this wilderness. Your bones will be bleached white by the desert sun. For you have rejected the revelation of your God. And so it was. Israel would die in the wilderness. Their children would come to that time and that moment of promise. That time of release from the wilderness. And they would be led by God and, 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 and he would infuse and anoint Joshua and they would cross over the river Jordan. They would take 12 stones from the wilderness and they would place them into the river Jordan which God would part. And they would take 12 stones from the river Jordan that was already there and bring them to the other side. And God would say, set you up a pillar. So that all generations may know that it was the Lord your God who delivered you and brought you across this Jordan into the promised land which he swore unto your fathers to give to them. And the Bible says that Jordan would part from from Adam to a place called sin. My Lord, that's good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was it? Well, if you know the story, Joshua was commanded to have the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant to the River Jordan, not to stop. But as soon as their feet would touch the water, the river would part. The mighty River Jordan would part from one end to the other, from Adam to sin. It was symbolic of what was coming. That it would only be by the presence of God that he would drive away our sin. And so comprehensive would it be that it would reach all the way back to the garden where Adam fell. All the way to our time and everywhere in between. Anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah supernatural people Joshua would lead them and they would conquer the promised land a land that was flowing with milk and with honey dwelling in houses that they had not built reaping down fields that they had not planted blessed by God hallelujah but it didn't stay that way very long For you see, residing within the very core of their being, they were the offspring of the ones who worshipped the golden image. And when they grew fat, and when they grew prosperous, they began to forsake the Lord. They began to turn away from God. They began to seek other gods. He had warned them. That in Deuteronomy chapter 8, when you come into the good land which I shall give you. When you have dwelt in goodly houses and reaped down great fields and your silver and your gold has increased. You shall not forget that it was the Lord your God that gave thee the power to get wealth. That he might establish his covenant which he swore unto your father Abraham. And he said, remember the way in which I led you all these years. I led you these ways in order to test you, in order to try you, in order to prove you, in order to examine you and to see what was really on the inside of your heart. Whether you would serve the Lord or whether you would not. And they failed miserably and and they would come under attack from other tribes that were around them. And they would be persecuted. And they would call out to God. And he would raise up the judges. And he would, they would experience a deliverance. And, and as soon as deliverance would come, it wouldn't take very long. But they would fall back into the same pattern. And a judge would be raised up again. And again. And again. Blessing, deliverance, and backsliding. Sounds like the reservation, my God. Hey, I started here 30 years ago. I know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Old Brother Vigil used to say, I wish I could preach the word to you, but you're so bound with sin. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord for Brother Vigil, amen. judge after judge, and they would begin to clamor for a king. The king would be given to them from Samuel. He would anoint Saul, and Saul would become the king. But this was not God's choice. This was the people's choice. So much so did it confuse Samuel that when God chose to remove Saul from power, and and, and he would send Samuel to Jesse the Bethlehemite's house, Jesse would parade seven of his sons before Samuel the prophet and and none of them bore witness with his spirit. There was one that was in the field, a shepherd, not embraced by his brothers, rejected in uh, in the sense that, that there was nothing that his brothers or even his father, saw his earthly father saw in him. But he was a younger generation. He just hung out in the field. With the sheep. And a harp. Having a time with God. He'd write things like, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He'd take those sheep and... Take them to the streams where, where they would lie down and he, in, in the grass and drink from the water. And then he would write, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And as they would drink, he would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to write, he restores my soul. Hallelujah. My God. He wrote that when he was 17 years old. And Israel would receive David as king. He would become the king. And under his leadership, the kingdom would spread the glory years, the golden years of Israel. Under David and Solomon, Israel had known no greater glory. Under David, uh, there was a great peace that would be implemented throughout the Middle East. He was the anointed of God. He sought to build God a temple, but he could not. For the prophet would tell him from God, you seek to build me a house, and this is a good thing, but you cannot build the house because you are a man of war. But your son Solomon shall build me a house. David, when he would age, would, would, would relinquish the kingdom to his son Solomon. And Solomon would come as a young man again. Are you seeing a pattern here? A younger generation. David would tell his son, you build the house exactly as I tell you to build it. For I receive the instructions of the temple from the Holy Spirit himself. My God. My God. Think of this. The temple that Solomon would build, every single brick, every single hundred-ton limestone and granite uh, block that would be laid would be. It would take seven years to build the temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, and 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 yet he was instructed by the Holy Spirit. So holy was the building of this temple that he was told, "You do not build this temple. I do not want to hear the sound of a hammer. I don't want to hear the sound of a saw. I don't want to hear." the sound of anything when you put it together. The only sound that would be heard for seven years, 24 hours a day, six days a week. On the seventh day they would rest but the only sound that would be heard would be the choirs of Levites praising God as something supernatural was taking place. You think the Egyptians are big and bad because they built the pyramids? Try building a temple of that magnificence without one hammer, without one saw, without one pulley, without one noise from man. Hallelujah. It was a miracle. Hundred ton blocks would move through the air would be assembled into their place without mortar. Something was going on. Levites were, were praising God. I don't know what they were singing. <laughs> I will glorify the King of kings. I will glorify the lord i will glorify the king of kings and a hundred-ton limestone would come floating by (laughs) hallelujah 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 (laughs) glory you're not hearing what i'm telling you here my god we serve we serve a supernatural god hallelujah my God, nothing is impossible for him. <laughs> Brother Jeremy was singing it this morning and this evening. The God that I serve cannot fail you. Yes, Hallelujah. Yeah. And the temple would be built seven years under, under Solomon. The beauty of the priest clothed in white linen as they would sing. And it was supernaturally assembled in silence Except for worship. And when it was finished. It would be considered the wonder of the Middle East. The wonder of the world. When it came time to dedicate the temple. So holy was it in the sight of God. That the Bible tells us that the presence of God came down in such a way that the very ministers themselves could not even stand up to minister. And nobody had to blow on them. No one had to throw their coat on them. Consider what we're saying. David says, I received Holy Spirit architectural plans. Preacher, if you ever desire to build anything for God, you better make sure that it's not your idea, but it's directly given to you by the unction and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit himself. Hallelujah. Am I too loud for you? What? Wake up. <laughs> And when He guides you, when He instructs you, when He leads you, do exactly what He tells you to do. Isn't that what Mary told the servants at the wedding? She says, do exactly what He tells you to do. Because if you will, new wine will flow. Hallelujah. 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 smoke the presence of God would fill that temple that glorious temple all down from the top of the temple the presence of God began to cascade out of the upper walls of the temple structure proper itself It would cascade down the sides in every 360 degree direction down Mount Moriah into the very streets of Jerusalem and begin to spread throughout the nation from Dan to Beersheba as Israel was now being filled and led by her God that brought her out of Egypt hundreds of years before. My God. But Solomon would die. His son Rehoboam would take over. A young generation of a person. Only raised and privileged. Some kind of a disconnect took place. Something happened between the father and the son. That wasn't lacking between David and Solomon. Father, son. Because Rehoboam... Had the elders approach him at the death of his father, Solomon, and tell him, please, don't make us work as hard as your daddy, and everybody will serve you. Well, he gets together with his friends, the younger generation, and, and he says, what do I do? And they said, no, nah, if, if, if you listen to them, they're going to think you're weak. So he goes back and he tells them, hey, you think my dad was, was macho? He goes, he was nothing compared to me. He goes, you think he was heavy on you? He says, I'm going to be worse than he was on you. And so what ended up happening was the kingdom split. Ten tribes of Israel would go under the leadership of Jeroboam. Two tribes would remain in Israel, in Jerusalem, excuse me, known as Judah and Benjamin. We would have a split kingdom now. They would set up a false capital city in a place called Samaria. And they would create an altar where they would worship not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they began to worship Baal. And suddenly the exclusivity of the ministry was thrown open to any joker as Jeroboam tried to win the hearts of the people. And he would tell them, if you want to be a priest, you can be a priest. Gross idolatry would begin to pour into that part of Israel. And they would have successive kings that were insane. And they began to set up idols on every hill in Israel. It got so bad they ended up with a king by the name of Ahab and a woman. By the name of Jezebel. Ahab was the president, but Jezebel really ran the country. I mean, Ahab was the king. Jezebel was driven by a hatred for the prophets of God. She was driven by a spirit... That would unleash the occultic desires of the dark places of the earth into Israel itself. A struggle would occur between light and darkness. It was the first judgment that was about to come. And yet it is a type. It is a shadow. It is a foretelling prophetic image or type of what will befall the nations in the last days. Is it any wonder? <laughs> oh my God. Where do we see America tonight? Well how does America what's America got to do with Israel? Everything. Israel was born out of the word of God. America was born out of the word of God. As our brothers were preaching so beautifully today. We are a nation that was born out of people that came to this land. And planted their Christian flag in Virginia Beach, Virginia. In the 1400s sometime. And declared that from sea to shining sea, this nation would be dedicated to God. God would send Elijah to confront Ahab and Jezebel. What are you saying, Brother Marty? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll get to that. They would infect the people of God with a perversion so that they could actually think they were serving God under a leadership that was fully compromised. Remember what the Lord said, how beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He said, it's even as the oil that was poured on Aaron's head. What was he saying? He says that the anointing flows from the head down. It is the same in the spirit realm, whether it's light or whether it's darkness. The people are given leadership according to the compromise of their heart. help me holy spirit Thank you. Thank you. do you have eyes to see i'm oh, look, i got gray hair i'm old enough to remember when ahab got elected president in 1992 what are you talking about (laughs) for all reports that we know were told of President Ahab that the power behind Ahab was really Jezebel and a shift occurred in America We went from righteous leadership to into the 90s, suddenly pursuing material gain. Remember the slogan that President Ahab talked about? It's the economy, stupid. That's what he said. Those of you old enough to remember. But a shift began to take place. A perversion of leadership came into power. As the shifting of generations took place in this nation. For we came out of the greatest generation, the World War II generation. Their children were the teenagers of the 50s who gave birth to children who became the children of the 60s in this nation who suddenly began to throw off the shackles of moral constraint. And suddenly it was called free love. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Those Hippies of the 60s in this country became your congressmen and senators today. Oh, yeah, they cut their hair, but now they want to legalize the same weed they used to smoke all the time listening to the Grateful Dead. You think I'm kidding? <laughs> I ain't ever driving through Colorado again. (laughs) They'll either crash into you or they'll want to eat you because they got the munchies. I mean, they're crazy over there. (laughs) Except for President Ahab. Remember what he said? I tried it, but I never inhaled. (laughs) (laughs) And And we elected him. And we went from scandal to scandal to scandal. To the point that even the perversions that have come out later that we know of. What's the first thing that happened when Jezebel and Ahab took power? Their closest aide who had all the dirt on them. Their counselor. Their closest counselor ends up dead. Over a land deal so they say they called it whitewater isn't it interesting if you know anything about ahab and jezebel they wanted a particular piece of land so they took it that's right we called it whitewater the attorney had all kinds of junk and dirt and files on them this thick and they became paranoid when they came to power and suddenly their counselor was found dead In the park over there in Washington, D.C. And miracle of miracles, where he fell, the forensics, they said where the body fell and where it was found, some 30 yards over here, they have no idea how a dead man rose and came over here and died. And they called it suicide. They found the gun in his right hand, but he's left handed. First murder in high places by President Ahab and First Lady Jezebel. What are you saying, Brother Marty? And what the heck does this got to do with Israel and Judah? Everything. I'm hurrying. (laughs) When President Ahab was in college... They say he went to Oxford in England, they say he avoided military service, and and he was a peculiar fellow, that in protest of the war, he climbed up into the midst of a tree in Oxford, England, at the college there, in the center of the student court, and he stayed there and would not come down for multiple days protesting the Vietnam War, they said so filthy was it around the tree that the smell and the stench began to, to fill the hallways of the school emanating from the future president, Ahab. They say that his roommate, who grew a bit too close to him, for some unexplained reason, jumped out of his dormitory window and plunged to his death and committed suicide. And nobody could explain why, because he was such a happy fellow. But he was roommates with president-to-be Ahab. Fast forward, youngest governor was Ahab, ever elected to office, Arkansas. Arkansas. I ain't got time to prove it to you tonight. You can look it up yourself. But there's a trail of over a hundred different murders and accidents and suicides that have followed Ahab and Jezebel all the way to the White House. Oh! Oh! Anybody hear about the 26-year-old aide in the Democratic National Committee recently who got shot in the back and murdered walking down the street at four in the morning, and nobody knows who did it or why, and yet we're told in the national media and by that person all the way on the other side of the world named Julian Assange, he released a multitude of emails from the Democratic National Committee that proved that the higher-ups in the positions of power had rigged the election so that jezebel could get the nomination and this guy released those documents some say to wikileaks and he's found murdered do you have eyes to see do you have ears to hear Do you understand the struggle that is taking place between light and darkness and for the very soul of this nation and the nations of the world? A spirit of Jezebel has been unleashed across this land. They have to prop her up. She disappears for days on end, but it doesn't matter. She's being backed by powers that nobody knows. The entire elite media of this nation props up Jezebel. Are you you telling me who to vote for? Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. You think the other guy's going to help you? I don't know. But I don't care anymore. Seriously. Why? Because this world, it's not my home. I'm just a passing through. And my treasures are laid up. Up there beyond the blue. Don't you hear the angels. Beckon you and me. From heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this old world anymore. Somebody praise him tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're making plans for, but I'm listening for the sound of a trumpet. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.